0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 13 of the Design Details Podcast. My name is Brian Levin. And my name is Bryn Jackson. <laughs> Hi Bryn. Uh, who are we talking to today?
1: Maurice Woods. He uh, He's a senior visual designer at Yahoo, and he's also the executive director and founder of the Interact Project. I-N-N-E-R-A-C-T. I'm bad at enunciation, but that's what it is. It's uh, it's a initiative that helps get... Uh, underserved kids into design programs
0: yeah it's awesome and, and we talk a lot about it and what it means for the design community i thought that was uh, just an awesome awesome conversation i really enjoyed it yeah we had a lot of fun we think you guys are going to really enjoy this too uh just quickly we had an awesome response last week from from new sponsors so those will be coming soon if we
1: apologize interested. for nagging you guys for sponsors but something we have to do to make the show better.
0: Yeah, we're trying to keep it light. So in that spirit, thank you. If you're interested in sponsoring, you can email us. We're sponsor at designdetails.fm. Of course, hit us up on Twitter anytime. DesignDetails.fm is our Twitter handle. Quickly, wanted to thank our sponsors for the show that make all of this possible. Uh, Once again, thank you to IconFinder.com for making this episode of Design Details possible. IconFinder is the largest selection of premium vector icons on the web. They're going to help you make sure you always have the perfect icon for any design project you're working on. It's an awesome service. We love them. And if you sign up for Icon Finder Pro today, your premium service, you can use the promo code ROBOT and you're going to get 50% off your first month. Thank you so much to Icon Finder.
1: Our second sponsor is once again Envision, powering a smarter design process that starts with a prototype and ends with better experiences for web and mobile. Check it out at envisionapp.com. And with that, let's get into episode 13, my favorite number, with Maurice Woods.
0: Why is it your favorite number?
1: I just like it. It's Baker's Dozen.
0: God. <laughs> let's do it. I mean, I, I, I'm open
2: to talk with, about you know pretty much anything you guys want to talk about. I, I mean, basketball, youth. I was at Pentagram Design. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys know that. Mm-hmm. I can talk I, about some of that. Which
1: Pentagram is like amazing. Right? Yeah. They're, they're legendary. It was a, a
2: great... Great experience. Um, you know, uh spoke in Cuba. That was interesting. Wait, That's what was crazy. That? Yeah. what did you do? Uh I had a speaking engagement in, in
0: Cuba. About what?
2: Um, about actually, um, I was doing a study on um that I wrote in college called Envisioning Envisioning Blackness in American Graphic
0: Design. I was curious about that.
2: Yes, and so I was invited to go to Cuba to talk about that. And uh, talk about being distracted. Man, I mean, the whole time I was there, uh I spent all my time out, you know, and it's like it's, you know you're going to a conference, you're supposed to be at the conference, but man, I was in Cuba, man, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I ended up meeting a guy who is a graphic designer, a Cuban graphic designer, and I don't know what it was we we hit it off, and uh, I was hanging with him the whole time. <laughs> And man, I went all over Cuba. It was great. I, I saw a lot of things and uh uh we, you know, experienced um uh the lifestyle that they have over there in terms of their government and, and some of the things that they can and cannot do and um I broke a few, a few rules. I didn't even know I was breaking them. You <laughs> gotta do it, right? <laughs> and, you know, to top the, the the whole thing off, I ended up eating horse while I was out there.
1: Ah, that's crazy.
2: Oh, man, it's crazy. I didn't even know what it was. And then I, I bit into it, and I was like, gosh, it's, it looks like roast beef or something. And, yeah. and, you know, I'm chewing on it, and I'm just like, gosh, it just tastes weird. And then, of course... After I'm done eating it, they were like, Well, that was horse. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. It was really a lot of things that you know I really had a fantastic time while uh you know, I would say man, really from you know, um going basketball, you know, overseas to uh, you know, my early design years when, you know, I spent a lot of time like uh writing thesis and, and, and researching and, and starting interact project. And, um, you know, those those things are so valuable to me now because I'm older and, you know, I have a full fledged family and, you know, interact project work and, you know, all these other things going on. And, you know, it really makes you sort of have a perspective
1: on life, um, that I'm, I'm very proud of. With that kind of academic background, did you go to school for design?
2: Yeah. I, you know, um I actually went to school for uh visual communication design and undergraduate. Okay. And you know, my you know my my professors always thought I was nuts because, you know, during that time I was playing basketball. I was on a scholarship, I was on the road a lot. And um I can remember being in a hotel room and you know, my, my roommate, the other guy on the basketball team, one of my roommates would be sleep and I would be up late at night, light on working. And, uh, I'd always turn my stuff in on time and, uh, you know, it was a great experience for me. You know, I think I brought in some of the things that I learned with basketball and the design. And, you know, long after I was done with undergraduate degree and I, uh, got basketball out of my system overseas, I returned back to the
1: University of Washington to get a master's in design. Okay. So. What do you mean by applying basketball to design?
2: Well, one of the things that is very interesting to me is the similarities that basketball or competitive sports has with design. Okay. And I was very... Um and still am to a certain degree very competitive in everything I do. It, it's it's a passion that athletes that enjoy the game really want to make sure that they excel at it. And for me, design wasn't really any different than that. I I, I took it as an approach where, you know, I know I needed to practice to be good. Mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to um be focused and um I had a certain drive where I knew that if I did certain things uh it would it would achieve certain results and I knew that also that I was a little handicapped in the fact that I was juggling really two careers because you know I was playing basketball and that's a a big deal in itself. You know, yeah it was a great deal of commitment. it's working late. It's you know getting all the other commitments done for school and then I had design on the other hand, which was also another thing that I was really passionate about and you know it was equally demanding you know long hours um lots of uh detailed work um professors that you know were very um Um, um, very interested in making sure that all the students that were taking the courses were really getting the fundamentals of design. And, you know, at the time, I didn't really understand that. Um, I understand it now, you know, um, how important that is. But nonetheless, it was just really, um, a really difficult thing to really sort of juggle those two at the same time. But you know at the end of the day it's made me who i am and it allows me even now in my daily life to juggle so many things and still be effective in the things that i do
0: you are juggling a lot of things and i want to get to them uh i i had coffee this morning with with a guy who's um he's in development he wants to break into design and he feels really hindered cuz he didn't go to design school or art school in general what was that experience like for you was that uh yeah i think we have this kind of debate even on the web right like do you feel like it was necessary how necessary is design school
3: well i think
2: that for an individual to be committed to going to school it takes a certain mentality and you know college is not meant for everyone it's just not you know some people have different drives, different ambitions, and um, it doesn't necessarily mean that school is the, the answer to that. I can name multiple examples where I've seen people that have gone to school, and I'm sure you guys all know, people that have gone to school to major in one thing and then end up doing something totally different. You know, school is really, in my opinion, meant to sort of guide you and help you hone in on some skills specifically if that's what you want to do and you're interested in something and you have some sort of ambitions or goals and you know that school can get you there. Um, for those that don't have that, that type of ambition and don't want to go to school, I do believe that um, there are instances where you can learn to be a designer, but the road is a little bit more difficult for you because one of the things that school does is it, it you not necessarily for the big job or what everything but it <clears throat> it sort of molds you into a person that um at the end of your tenure you're able to um sell your skills in a certain way and you're able to um use college as a leverage for saying i want to x connect school i've got this background and it, and it helps you know um move you forward but I always say this, and I've looked at hundreds of portfolios over the years. A good portfolio beats, it trumps everything, you know, and that and that's the bottom line. It's like, do you have a good portfolio or not? And if you have a good portfolio,
0: you know, everything else falls into place. So Brittany, and I, <laughs> neither of us went to or studied formally design. Whoa, I did for a semester. Whoa, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. The debate. The debate. So I, I'm I'm totally in the dark about like what you learned. You said you learned all the all the principles and basics of design. Yes. Has that carried carried you through all of your career or has has some of those things changed?
2: Most definitely. Um I would say that my undergraduate years, man, it was man, it's a long time ago, but I, I, I do remember um, the skills that I learned in college, man, it definitely helped me, you know? And, and like I said, it's not for everybody, isn't You know, it's just not, but it helped me because I know the things that I learned in there were, you know, um, conceptual thinking. It w- it was stressed, you know, ideas and, 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 and then also, not only that, but being around other students that are working on projects and, and collaborating with them is interesting. It's another form of learning. And that's one of the things I do in Interact Project, actually. And, you know, it's kind of invaluable. You know, it's like if you think about it, being a freelance designer is different than working at a design firm. You can do, be a freelance designer and do well, but working in a firm allows you to collaborate with others, have other people around you that are that you can bounce ideas off of, and it helps you. You know, it helps you grow as a designer. And when I was at school, especially an undergraduate, you know, we had you know like twelve, thirteen people in there, and uh, you know, um, I formed long-lasting relationships with people in my class. You know, we we were a set. So we shared things a lot. We learned from each other a lot. Um, they taught us, you know, typography. We we really studied typography, and we really studied conceptual thinking and, and layouts and grids and all these really technical stuff. And um, I think that it helped me, but it didn't necessarily help me get a job. It just prepared me and my thinking. In terms of a trajectory that I knew that I wanted to go, and it sort of catapulted me there. I think, (coughs) excuse me. I think that uh, graduate school is really where I I learned the most. That that was probably the most um, powerful educational experience that I've had.
0: But then now you've gone back, and you're mostly focusing on education for kids, right?
2: I focus on education for kids. Um, I do design work um, at Yahoo, but the focus for me with education with kids came from my background. It came from me as a kid and, and how I got into design, my story. And it's not all about my story now, but when I was starting Interact Project, the idea came from my story. Um You know, I grew up in Richmond, California, and you know I was never termed a street cat, right like I was never like you know in the streets doing this and that. I was surrounded by people that was in the street, and my thing was basketball and and for those from that background know um there's a big difference um but my focus was basketball, it was sports, it was music. Um, those things kept me busy, and from that experience of being around and being in that culture, I sort of gravitated to basketball because that's what everybody was doing. Everybody was in sports. Everybody was playing music. You know, I happened to be really tall. Everybody's <laughs> playing basketball, so you know what? That's you know that that was that was you know. And, and then not only that, but you know, as most kids and parents think. Basketball is a good profession. They make good money. You know, they have good lives. And, um, you know, I was another one of those kids. And so I gravitated to basketball, but really my passion was in art and, and creativity. I was a very hyperactive kid, and the only thing that settled me was building things, taking things apart, putting them back together. And, I, you know... When you're growing up as a kid, you're just living life. So you're not really paying attention to that. But as I got older, I started to really appreciate that 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 love for bringing things, you know, bringing things together, making things, taking things apart. You know, I still joke with my father because, you know, um, he had a really expensive watch. And I, you know, took it out of his drawer one day and I actually took it apart and tried <laughs> to put it back together again. And uh,
0: (laughs) I'm guessing you didn't quite make it.
2: No, it was it was a low point. My father was so pissed. But, you know, I look back on those things now and it's it's funny because uh, it was me expressing my creativity in, in an interesting way. And that really didn't really come to fruition. It didn't really come to light. So I got to college. And it was really basketball. You know, I I was playing basketball. I was doing well. It was all East Bay, this and that, you know. And um, I was getting recruited by tons of schools. And then I chose University of Washington. I went there on a basketball scholarship after about two years there, you know, I just, you know, it, you know, I wasn't playing that much, and I was just like, man, I, I need to do something with my life because I didn't. know I mean, at that point, basketball was everything; it was it, you know. And after going through that and getting to the point where I'm just like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a free wire, free ride to a college. I better make something of this, and. I remember man you know hats off to my mother cuz she was there um and we sat down had a catalog and back then it had catalogs now that everything's digital now but back then we had a you know sat down with a, a catalog and you know we looked through all the the course topics and you imagine how thick you know a book you know one of those books are it has all the classes at a major university and we just start going through all of it and She found it. She was like, you know, graphic design. And then she started reading the description. She said, you like to draw when you were young. You should just try it. And you know what? I just said, you know what? I don't, yeah, I'll just try it. And that's how I got into design. So my first year in design school, because University of Washington is set up differently. It's, it's, You have to be accepted into the program. They don't let everybody in. So you're competing against like 300 other students for like 15, 20 slots. So I'm in this mix of all these people and I I don't know anything about design. I've never heard of it before. And I ended up getting through it and getting into the program. And so Interact Project is built on the concept of I know that there's other kids out there that are creative that may not have the skills that I had in terms of playing basketball and get to the schools, but have creative skills. And I want to make sure that I, I give them the option and exposure to this program at an early age so they can use those skills to do something or to go to college.
0: So what exactly are you teaching? Is it is it all types of design or are you focusing on the digital world? or
2: So um, we really took our bumps and bruises throughout the year um, when I started interact project in two thousand and was, gosh when was two thousand and four the idea behind it was really just uh, graphic design you know was I, you know i 'm a graphic designer and you know I knew graphic design and you know I just wrote a proposal start driving to every community center I could find in seattle really it was it was grit and grind for me and i just said you know will you let me hold a class here and i found one community center to say yes and that's how i started and so i started it that way and um you know over the years i developed it um you know um to where it is now
0: sweet your first class had two students right
2: yeah so my first class had two students um but And that was in the summer of 2004. And then by the end of that summer, I was working with like 30 kids or something like that. It
0: was nuts, man. It was a
2: lot. So, what about now? What's going on now? So, right now, um, we, to answer your question, we focus in on the concept of design, right? So, before, you know, like I said, it was graphic design, and, you know, we used to have classes like, Okay, we're doing an industrial design class, or we're going to do a photography class, or we're going to do a graphic design class. And we scrapped it for the model of um, teaching kids the overall concept of what design is. Because, you know, you got to think we're we're working with middle school kids. So um, the conceptual framework of a middle school kid is so much more different than an adult or even a high schooler, for that matter. So we really had to sort of break down the process. So the way our program works in in terms of uh, our education offering for our Youth Design Academy, which is for middle school kids, starts with an eight-week class. Um, the first week is orientation. So at orientation, what happens? The kids come in. It's a short day. Parents got to come with them. We have teachers that we pay a stipend, too, and then we have TAs that come in and volunteer to help them, and they show slides, and they talk about what they do you know, in their profession. Parents get to see what they do, and so they're learning, and then the kids learn, and it's not a high-pressure situation because they're in there with their parents. The first day, we break into compositions, or the first uh, the next week, we go into compositions, so with compositions, what they're doing is they're learning how to work with forms and move forms on a page and what relationship do spaces um, have with each other? You know, just learning very basic stuff. And, and and keep in mind that our middle school kids don't use computers at all. Everything is analog. It's, it's all cut paper. It's sketching. It's ideas. It's thinking. And the, the, first, the, the, the first class we have is compositions. And then after compositions, we go into color theory. So we have them working with different colors. How do colors relate? How do colors, um, what happens when you mix colors together? Um, what do colors mean? What, is, what does yellow mean? What does orange mean? What does blue mean? Um, can you make different meanings with different colors? All those different types of things. Then the following week, we go into typography. And when we go into typography, we have them, they could be drawing typefaces. Um, we're teaching them about serifs, sans serifs, um, descenders, you know, all of that stuff. You know, it would like we're we're in them. And at the end, and, and I might add that at the end of each one of these classes, they have to have, you know, an outcome. There has to be something that is final. They finish it. It's done. So after that, so we, we do that for the first you know, four weeks. We have orientation, composition, color theory, typography. The second half, we go into 3D. So that's when we start working with texture, right? How does, you know, what is the difference between, you know, um, you know uh, 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 some hair or, you know, the smoothness of an iPhone or, you know, rubber when it's on the table, when it doesn't move, to, you know, um, you know, plastic, certain types of plastics. Learning about how all those textures are a part of thinking about how someone perceives or understands um, a product. And all those things are really important. Those are things that we don't really even think about. And um, later, the next following week, we go into form. So forms are things like... Um, you know, why is a bottle shaped the way it is, right? Uh, why does it have certain curves or, or why is it, you know, or why is a chair the way it is? Why, is? why is it curved on the seat a little bit? You know, those types of things where they're learning about form. And the next class, that's when they, they start to do prototypes. So, you know, last um, year for Youth Design Academy, the kids built uh, backpacks, so we had, you know, you know, a a woman from Jansport come in and, and present and, and talk about how they make backpacks. And the kids were like basically building prototypes of backpacks and things like that. This um Youth Design Academy, the uh, the topic is on um a time making piece. So they're gonna be making, you know, clocks or watches and things like taking that. apart their dad's watches and trying yeah. to them together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's kinda <laughs> ironic. So, you know, at the end of all of that, uh, we have a reception for the kids where we bring the parents back in and we give the kids certificates and um, we talk about the class and um, we talk with parents afterwards about, you know, their experience of what do they think, what they like, what they don't like, so forth and so on. So that's just Youth Design Academy. We do so many other different things. I don't know if we need to maybe Uh, take a break and and, and go into other stuff
1: later yeah let's uh, let's take a break quick to thank a sponsor and then uh, we'll come back to a lot of these concepts thank you again
0: to iconfinder.com for making this episode of the show possible iconfinder gives you unlimited downloads of premium vector icons for your design projects they have an amazing search experience. They get rid of all these annoying watermarks that you normally see when you're searching for resources, and they just make it super, super easy to find icons that you actually need. Uh, the icons come in every file format, so they're going to work with all of your software. Uh, whether you're building a mobile app, web app, an Apple Watch app, doesn't matter. Our icons are going to work. Uh, they're adding 20,000 new premium icons every month, so they're getting close to 500,000 tons of icons
1: let's try and do the math every single episode can we do that <laughs> according to our calculations it's about five hundred and zero thousand
0: five hundred and zero thousand nailed it you heard it uh and here's here's actually the cool thing that we haven't mentioned before is that all of these premium icons they're licensed for commercial use so if you're freelancing if you're working on a client project you can actually use these icons and include them in the project you, you can have- make money on them Woo! no more fees <laughs> Uh, but yeah icon finder is great and if you sign up for their pro account
1: which is not expensive it's not like expensive. nine dollars for the base one and what 20 for unlimited
0: yeah and 70 percent of that is going to go back to the actual designers
1: and so. you don't even have to pay half of it if you use our promo code
0: yeah 50 percent off robot. your robot you it's use like a
1: savings <laughs> robot <laughs> a savings robot saving you dollar bills and now you're gonna remember what the promo code is because a robot robot Yep. Use promo code robot. You'll
0: get 50% off your first month of icon finder pro. Thank you. Icon finder. Once again. So where does this go? Where does this go from here in terms of scaling this out and impacting people? Or do you want to keep it small or what? I don't even know how big, how big is it now? How many people?
2: Um, that's, that's a very good question. Um, um, the
3: future of interact project, um,
2: You know, it's, as an executive director and a founder of an organization that has been a passion project of mine for so long, it's hard to really grasp in words the potential that I see for Interact Project. Um, You know, we have Youth Design Academy, like I said, for middle school kids. We have learning labs, which are workshops, lectures, and studio tours for kids that are in high school. And then we have um, a video documentary series that we're doing called Design, where we are interviewing, you know, um, designers from all over. We're going to be trying to get some celebrities in there. We're going to try to get some people on the street and just ask them about design. What do they know about it? You know, what do they think about it? So all of that stuff is part of the future of Interact Project. But one of the things that uh, we're embarking on now are uh, entrepreneurship and uh, making Interact Project a modular program that can be adopted in other cities. And um, it excites me and frightens me at the same time because um, I know that in order to get something of that magnitude up, uh, we're gonna. It's going to take a lot of resources, a lot of time, a lot of energy, and um, it's going to uh, uh, be uh, very impactful. But at the same time, probably going to be stressful along the way. And you know, it was one of those decisions that <clears throat> you know I'm deciding to, to take on because. I know that um, at the end of the day um, Interact Project is bigger than me. It's bigger than you know um, my life story. You know it's really about bringing uh, design to communities and um, trying to help young people really get their lives changed in a powerful way. And I don't mean that you know I know it sounds very cliche. People say it all the time but You know, I started Interact Project because of that, because I wanted to make that change. And I, you know, so much um, think that in order for anyone to achieve greatness, they have to dream beyond, uh, but I mean, you have to have focus, but you have to dream beyond what you even think you're capable of doing. Because you need, you know, to to do anything that's really big, you really have to stretch yourself. And um, it's hard, you know. It, it's psychologically and mentally tough. To, I mean, well, psychologically tough to do because, you know, you have so many other things that are important to you in life. And, you know, having that focus is important. I, I remember reading an article a while back um and uh, I don't know if it's an article or video, but I remember uh, Johnny Ives from uh, Apple had said about Steve Jobs, how he was just extremely focused, dude, man. Like, and and he would say to him all the time, who have you said no to? And his response was, you know, I said no to this, no to that, but. He came to the realization that the things that he was saying no to were things that he would normally say no to. And Steve's response to that was,
3: "Um, are you
2: saying focus is saying no to the things that you really, 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 really really enjoy and really want to do, but don't have time to do it?" And to me, that was so profound.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I actually remember that video. Yeah. Okay. You saw this interview. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was, it was, you know, it took me back, actually. I mean, and and that's hard to do, especially at my age now. But it was very, um, it hit home a little bit because I think that that is an extremely tough thing to do for most people because. Um when you're really passionate about something, you really want to see something happen. Um you know, we we tend as as human beings to be scatterbrained. We, you know, it's like distracted by this and that, this and that. You know, you got family here, you got work, you got friends, you know, so forth and so on. And you know, I have my share of that same thing, you know. It's like I go home, you know. It's like you know, I, I got a son I love. You know, a wife I love and, you know, I want to spend time with them after working a full day at Yahoo. And, uh, you know, I make a sacrifice. I go home. After a long day, I sit down, I have dinner with my, my wife and my son. I put my son down almost every night. You know, I spend time with my wife. We watch TV together and talk. And then when she falls asleep, I'm up. I get on the computer. And I'm working to like two, sometimes three o'clock in the morning. And then I wake up in the morning and do it all over again. And that is because I believe and I'm so focused on making this thing happen um, that, you know, um, I, I just I, I can't give up. and I, I, And it takes. That level of commitment, I think, to be, you know, an entrepreneur and and that is essentially what I am, you know, even though it's for a non-profit, it, it, it's like, I mean, shoot, running a non-profit is, I would say, tougher than running a business, mm-hmm. a for-profit business. It's yeah. so much work and, you know, you got to be dedicated and then not only that, but you have
3: to, worry about getting
2: people, you know, um in line with your vision and um and, and in our case for free. And you know, I'm not getting paid anything in Interact project and you know, most of my all my team, I only have one paid person who's part-time. So you imagine how much grind work that is and we're talking like 10, 11 years. And we're at a point now where um, I think we're ready. You know, we, we've, we you know, I've, I am a very patient man. And I've been working on Interact Project for a long time and haven't really thought about scaling it to be modular and have this entrepreneurship program um, because I just felt like we weren't ready. We didn't have the infrastructure. Um, our team was, you know, we, we had members going in and out of our team, and uh, we were still learning about ourselves and our capabilities and things that we could do. Uh, we were still refining the curriculum. There's a lot of things we were working on, and you know, if we were working full time, they would be done sooner. But because we're all working and trying to make everything work, you know, was, I've been focused on, you know, making sure that. We jog, um, until we have enough endurance to run. And, uh, I feel like at this point we're, we're, we've, we've jogged all we can now. (laughs) We need to start running. Um, you know, and, um, that's, that's kind of where we are right now. Who can help? So there are, there are a couple of things that, you know, we need help with right now. Um, you know for for any listener that's out there that's listening to this uh particularly in the san francisco bay area um we need people that are good at uh writing and um developing uh strategic plans and business models and uh helping us uh budget and do all those different those uh a little bit more higher level things um I am I have been doing it, um, but it'd be good to have an expert, somebody who has a lot of experience in that and um, can help propel us and help us raise money and uh, build upon what we have already. Um, obviously, funds, you know, I mean, I would love to have somebody donate money to our organization. That would be great. Um Another thing, um, sharing, you know, it's <clears throat> something that is actually, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the most valuable things that we have um, as an organization is being able to have people sharing what we do, because uh, once people start sharing what we do, more people learn about what we do, and it um, um, garners support for our program. And those are things that people can do without having to donate any money or spend any time. Just share what we're doing. You know, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. If you just go to like on Twitter, I think it's just at Interact Project and that's I-N-N-E-R-A-C-T Project and the same on Facebook, just Interact Project. Um, that's, you know, that's, those, are, those are definitely ways that we need help right now, immediately, right now. Like if I had a, you know, developmental manager, a development manager who can, you know, help me raise money, uh, help me, um, you know, uh, give me some help on the development side in terms of programs and things like that, it would help me tremendously. Now, funds would help too because then I can hire somebody to do that and I'm actually working on that right now. But if I had people to help me raise money and things like that that would be really that would that would be a big deal for us
0: these are all like really practical constraints and challenges I'm wondering if there's more intangible or I guess cultural barriers to what you're trying to do uh, either in the Bay or across the country
3: yeah um,
2: there's definitely barriers but you know barriers you get barriers in anything you do and I think for us Our barriers have been, you know, parents. Uh, You know, that is a tough nut to crack. And I think a lot of organizations will agree with this that, or nonprofits will agree with this that, you know, getting kids focused nowadays is difficult. (laughs) You know, I mean, difficult before, (laughs) but now
3: it is, it is a, Difficult, but worthy project to take on. And, um,
2: our efforts are centered around working with parents to become advocates for our program. We get the most value out of all the things that we're doing with kids by empowering parents. And we've even integrated, um, Parents into our educational uh, our, our curriculum, and I believe from all the research and things that we've done with our organization over the year that parents are the key. And the reason why they're the key is is because when we're teaching design, or, or let's just say a class, but just to say for for example, our our program when we're teaching design, kids go to our class, they get the skills. But it's like learning Arabic or learning, you know, Chinese or something like that. If you don't practice on it, you lose it. And so, you know, you compound that on the fact that the students are in your class, they learn at very different levels. Some some students are great. And, you know, they come in and they are like, oh, I know what to do. Some kids are slower. So... It's hard to sort of balance that, that learning curve. So we found that we get the most bang for our money when we actually educate parents so that when kids go home, parents can educate them, can further educate them because they're informed. If they're not informed, then the kids are just going home and they're, you know, they're just kind of like, okay, I, you know, I'm taking this class, this is cool, but um, it doesn't stick as much. And I think that's, um, you know, uh, um, one of the things that we've infused in all the stuff we do. So it's like our learning labs with high school kids. We invite parents to come to the learning labs, to workshops, and, and be involved with kids. We invite parents to come to Youth Design Academy on the first day and on the last day so that they are a part of you know, uh, what we're doing and they understand what we do. Because most parents don't understand what we do. They get in there, I mean, some parents do, but most parents don't. You know, they come in there and it's like, well, you know, what is design? I think they get on the computer and they, you know, they draw. I mean, that's what they always say, (laughs) right? And so, you you know, after our class, they understand the conceptual and the thinking side of that. And that's very important for me. Like, for me, I've modified this program so many times because it is so valuable to me that the kids are learning and that they're getting the right type of uh, um, uh, um, 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 emphasis in our classroom. It's not because, you know, I don't want kids. I mean, in the past, we've learned, you know, kids come in there and we have topics and kids will doodle, you know, and that's, I mean, they're bored. They're not doing stuff. So, I've really sort of honed it down so that the kids are doing something every week different and that at the end of each class, they're delivering something. So every single time they come in the class and every single time they take one of our workshops, they're leaving with something every day. So for them, they can say, okay, I've completed this. I completed this. I completed this. And by the end of the course, they have a body of stuff that they've done. And so, when the parents come in and parents are like, "Okay, man, designers do that wow when they're in the the grocery store or they're in the you know or they're in a in you know, movies or they're like you know um looking at a website, they can say, "You know what that's cool. That's what a designer does wow, that's you know, and that's kind of that's kind of what our objective is in our program is like we want to make sure that everybody's involved, and that's the reason why." Our, our slogan is uh, bringing, bringing design to the community, you know, and that's a key thing. It's bringing it to the community. It's not, and I, I think most, a lot of times, you know, as organizations, we have our organizations and parents find us and come in and say, oh, okay, you know, parents going to look through this and they're going to find you and they're going to say, okay, I'm going to go there. Well, our our sort of philosophy is that we want to try to bring design to communities. So we want to be able to go into communities and say, this is what we're doing. This is how we think you'll benefit. And um, these are ways that you can get involved. These are job opportunities that exist. Um, You know, one example of that is, you know, we're doing learning labs and we do that, you know, every year. And those are workshops. And we've been doing, you know, anything from mobile app design, uh, we've done design research class, typography, and video game design. And after doing that for a couple of years, we've learned that video game design was really popular. So what are we doing? We're starting a video game design academy, right? So we do that. We bring in kids. We teach them um, how to build video games. And, and, and we take them through a process so that at the end of that process, they're actually not only just learning how to design it, but they're also learning how to build prototypes and things like that. And so that's all part of the entrepreneurship program because it's not just about kids making money. It's about giving them the world and letting them see what their skills can do for them and providing a platform for them to be able to engage with, you know, a video game design academy or take get an internship at, you know, a startup or a design firm. Or take a, you know, a, a studio tour to, you know, um, you know, a design firm here in San Francisco or Facebook or things like that. Because, you know, a lot of these kids don't get that. I, I work with um an organization in Richmond and um, you know, in uh the Iron Triangle, which is like one of the roughest parts of Richmond. And, you know, trying to get like 10, 11 kids to go to Facebook. I mean, imagine that. I mean, I imagine when I was a kid, you know, it's like, if I ever, if I even stepped on a college campus, I was like awed by it. I was just like, I'm on a college campus. And all of those things matter. So it's like, when you think about education and curriculum and things like that, it's not just teaching kids. It's understanding the socioeconomic situation that kids are in and developing a way for them to relate to design in a way where they can see design affecting their lives. And we do that by providing context. And, you know, the Video Game Design Academy, you know, we had, you know, a lecture with Dwayne Edwards who designed the Jordan 21 and 22 shoe. You know, kids know what that is, right? So they're excited about that. You know, we had a woman come in who did designs for Nickelodeon and um you know andrea pippins and she came in and she was great and she's talking about what she did there um you know our design videos that we're working on right now you know we have several ones we have one is uh rim dupless he's was a design director at the new york times magazine and now he's uh, uh i believe a design director at apple and uh you know um uh, Robert Bruner designed the Beats headphones. You mm-hmm. know, kids relate to all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like <clears throat> relational education. So if I can see stuff that I'm interested in, I'm gonna want to do it. It's just like playing basketball and music. I see. So that's interesting. I want to do that, and that's what we're trying to bring. Um,
1: Are you trying to teach design as a hireable skill, or design as a way to? Exp- Yourself, or is it some combination of them?
2: I would say it's more. We're more teaching the skill part, okay? Because I feel like um, the expression part will come as a part of that, mm-hmm. right? It's like you learn to be a designer, you know, um, and you learn learn certain things. You, you know, as a natural part of who you are, and in the design that you're interested in, you express your yourself in in various different other ways. You know, it's like. For me, it's, you know, um, I used to, you know, paint a little bit and do cool things with typography. Um, you know, I used to build things. And, and, and so those are my creative outlets. Yeah. And, you know, but with Interact Project, you know, most of our kids that come in that are interested are already artistically inclined. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a program standpoint of view, we need to be able to state up parents this is an attainable skill. Got it. Designers are making money doing this because if we don't say (laughs) designers are making money doing it, it's tough, man, because we ended up, we end up getting grouped in with art and there's nothing wrong with art. I have nothing against art, but the reality of it is that's what we get grouped into and for whatever reason, you know, funders, not all funders, but a lot of funders don't take it seriously and so... We as designers people don't really realize that design is really incorporating more closely to stem than it is art, yeah and and it's like yeah we but we're using creativity and and, and you know our, our artistic talents to be able to express ourselves, but we're still using you know mathematics and in and, and, you know and, and technology and science and all these things so So
1: i just had an argument not really an argument a discussion about this on twitter (laughs) with someone about the different the differentiation between art and design how would you express that to a parent
2: i well or anyone
1: in general really
2: okay so if you know yeah and it's different because you know talking to parents is you know it's it's a different level of Mm -hmm. of explaining but i would usually explain it like this For me, art is a form of expression, right? Mm -hmm. It's something that, you know, it describes the way I feel or the way that I uh, perceive a situation. Um, So I may be trying to render that, my, my artistic or my creativity in a way that expresses how I'm feeling on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or how I feel about a cultural movement design is different because design is not necessarily about the expression of myself and the way that I see things from my filter design is taking in all the other factors of you know from empathy to to psychology to, to uh, 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 cons- you know um, um, this creative conceptual thinking about how do I take this problem and, and how do I take these ideas and then how do I manifest this solution that's going to make something better and oh, awesome. often it yeah. often requires more than just expression it requires research right you yeah. got to research stuff you got to learn about it learn about why is it not working what, and, and so design is Design, for me, is indicative of all those different things, and it's way bigger than, than just you know uh, uh, what 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 we get uh, um, grouped in with art. and I understand it, right? It's like you know from a perspective of someone who doesn't know much about design or even a parent for, for in a lot of ways, it's difficult because We as a society don't, you know, design is so analogous in all the things that we do, right? So when you see, you know, um, an iPhone or you see, you know, um, you know, a car, a really beautiful car, wow, that thing looks really beautiful. Automotive
1: design is what got me into it in the first place. Yeah, but, you know, here's the thing.
2: It becomes so synonymous with life that you don't even really realize that it was designed because it all works. It's obvious. It's obvious, right? And it becomes transparent. But if you sit in an uncomfortable chair,
1: all right? <laughs> right. Like, the, like these ones. Like yeah. These that yeah, yeah like yeah. these ones. Yeah. <laughs> my back hurts.
2: Yeah, my back hurts a little bit too. I want to <laughs> blow you out, but I'm going to say But. When you sit in an uncomfortable chair or you sit at you know um, something that hasn't been designed well, or if you go to a website and you can't find anything, you're just like, "Man, I can't find mm-hmm. this what then you really realize, man, somebody is really taking their time to make sure that this experience on this other site allows me to get the information that I need quickly, and so that is, that is the, the argument for why I think design is really important because design is everywhere. Every time you wake up in the morning, everything you look at, somebody has designed that for you. And when you start thinking about that, you've got to start thinking about, man, there's got to be tons of jobs out there now. And I remember um, Dwayne Edwards, and we went to visit him in, uh Portland and to shoot his uh his uh video. And um, you know he's a great guy. He, I mean he you know, he sat down with us and we talked about a lot of things and I remember him specifically talking about how when kid goes into a store and they go and they, and they look at his shoes I mean you guys probably have even done this. Mm-hmm. You walk into, you know, a shoe store and it's like, man, that color that's just I would have did this, that. Or I would have designed this, Those are jobs, man. Those are (laughs) jobs. And kids don't know it. And they do it all the time. Every time they walk into a mall, they're saying, you know, wow, this would be cool if, oh, or I should do, and all of those are jobs. And that is the reason why what I'm doing is so important because kids don't know about this stuff. They don't know it exists. And if you think about underserved communities now, so even we we just say, just in general, kids aren't getting this in in k through twelve education. You can start to get a little bit more now, but overall, it's not really there at all. Now, you take that and then you start look at underserved kids and underserved communities that are not even getting the traditional educational system, and you imagine how many kids are getting left out and left back so that is the reason why Interact Project is so important for kids in the community and for parents because there are a lot of good lifestyles that, that kids can have if they know about this stuff. There's a lot of things that kids can do. There's a lot of impact kids can have on their own communities. I mean, if you think about um, a, 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 a young person who's growing up in a certain situation to be able to build you know, housing, He's gonna be able to build that housing better than someone who's not from that housing. Why? Because he lived there, right?
1: Mm-hmm. He okay. knows the actual problems. He's done the research, basically. That's
2: right. So he is there. So why? So so if you think about communities all over the planet and the vast impact that design could have, if more kids that were creative and were interested in this knew about this and knew the potential jobs and opportunities that are out there, how many kids we would have. I mean, we would have, the whole world would look different because we would have so many, we'd have a lot of different ideas, we'd have a lot of different ways of solving things and we'd have communities that would be thriving more, I believe. Because if you have someone who really understands a need in communities, it's like Christy, right? It's like, you know. Christy Tillman. Yeah, Yeah. Christy, yeah, Tillman. So, I mean, if she understands that, right, and now as talented as she is, she can now go into communities now and talk about her experience and affect somebody else's life. So you imagine if more kids are able to do that in underserved communities, how powerful that would be. So that's the reason why it's like interact project for me is that, and that's the reason why you know the trajectory to take this program modular is so important because you know um it is it it is we're we're in a in a very interesting time and especially for minorities um we're in a very interesting time because we don't have very much representation in the business at all. You know, and then kids are, are, are dropping out of school and, and the educational systems are failing for a lot of these kids and nobody's really caring about that stuff. They're, you know, and I see it, you know, because um, I've worked with young people for a long time and, you know, we've had all kind of kids. We've had homeless kids and our program kids have been, you know, um, you know, in jail, you know, and out and. Having a a program that anyone can access is important to me, because I know that, you know, parents not all parents can afford it. Now, you got to be careful on that too, because it's like when you have a free program, you know, then what actually starts to happen is the opposite. People don't value the program. Mm-hmm. So, for those that do value the program, you know, it works well, and we have like a refundable fee, you know, for kids, and make sure that. Parents are, are paying, and then he was giving them the money back at the end of the class. But, you know, our classes are meant to be free. So if a parent comes to me and says, I can't pay the fee, then I meet with them one-on-one. And I say, okay, I know you can't pay. That's fine. This program is still for you. Come on in. So um, it's a lot of work to be done. We're, even though we're in our 10th, going on 11th year, I feel like there's so much more to do. And I think like this is
1: our time to do it let's take one more break right there and then i want to talk about hiring our second sponsor is once again envision envision is really great at writing scripts they wrote me this long beautiful script but i'm gonna go off script this time because you've all heard both of these several times envision is amazing envision is wonderful we both use it i i use it every day i won't speak for you but i'm pretty sure you do too yeah it's one of the key design tools uh when, when i'm trying to get work done uh, I use it at Shop Savvy. I use it now at Sidewire. It's a hugely important tool for me. And they're also not only do they make a great tool, they're working really hard to support the community. They just wrote a great blog post about uh, going to Epicurens, which is Dan Petty's new event. They they talked about all the like great details of what happened there. Which there were only like thirty people that went or forty people that went. So helping kind of uh, spread the wealth. Well, their blog yeah. is awesome just in general. Just It for is. Resources it's beautiful too. Yeah. Holy crap. Really beautiful. Yeah,
0: dude. The thing for me about InVision um, is I can get non-designers in the company to understand some of these bigger picture design problems we're solving. If you send them these static screenshots or heaven forbid, a PDF, um, people scroll through it and they don't really understand. But when, when you use Envision, you can create these, these prototypes. You can click through and navigate around and you get... Uh, drop downs and all this kind of stuff uh, you send that to someone who's might be making a decision in your company and they get it they know how to use it they figure out the actual UX. you can that send that it feature. to a
1: spreadsheet monkey and they'll <laughs> actually know what it is exactly yeah Ugh, excel
0: and of course Envision's great for your team uh, uh, the two designers uh, they're
1: really great <laughs> for working together
0: yeah yeah we, we both of our designers at buffer use them uh, use envision all the time we create all of our projects there, and we, we send them back and forth and just, just help each other. Like, all right, this clicking here didn't make sense, and it's so clear.
1: So for those of you who don't know what it is or haven't gotten it from that, Envision lets you create fully interactive prototypes without a single line of code. And everyone from copywriters to developers to spreadsheet monkeys and weird business development people uh, can give their feedback right on your designs. Add its intuitive project management tools, and you've got your entire design process all in one place it out today at envisionapp.com
0: i'm glad you fit the script in because envision app is awesome and whatever we I got a little to do bit to to describe that is is bueno for me
1: can that be the episode title bueno for me
0: <laughs> thank you so much to envision for sponsoring this episode
1: so brian and i are both in positions where we're working on hiring designers um i just started this position brian's been working on it for a little while one of the things that has really become popular this year is diversity reports and, and seeing that there are these problems that wouldn't normally be pointed out to us. How can we align hiring people of diverse backgrounds with business goals without it being like, Oh, I'm hiring this person because it's a diversity hire. When you say aligning
2: them with business school, what do you mean by that?
1: Is, is there a, well, really when it comes down to hiring a person, it has to be aligned to a business school, right? Right. It, for a design it, position or for a for, for design position okay so i'm hiring um a marketing person and a web person oh okay it's, and the percentages of people in those fields <laughs> aren't really like how do we encourage people to get into those fields and then how do we get <laughs> them to us
2: mm. wow <laughs> it's is, a hard problem well <clears throat> it is a, it, it's it's a hard problem but I don't think it's impossible. You know, I I have had my faith restored a little bit because, you know, like I said, I've I've been getting a lot of uh, LinkedIn connections from a lot of uh, African American designers, actually. And actually, a lot of them are here. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're out there. You know, some of them are working, some of them are not working. Um, But, In terms of finding, you know, it's, it's, it is tough. Um, one of the, you know, it's interesting because it's like one of the things I would like to do with Interact Project actually is to build, um, you know, an app or something like that that actually connects, um, you know, designers of color to positions. And, um, you know, we're already actually developing an app for Interact Project right now. And it's actually part of my vision to actually build an app that links designers to these professions because of that okay. reason. Um,
3: you know, the way I, I was hired on was, you know, was not a direct relation
2: to who I was who my ethnicity is, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I was brought on because, you know, the creative director that saw my work liked it and thought it, you know, thought it was good. And <clears throat> well,
0: that's how it should be. Yeah. No one should be how, hired and, and for their ethnicity. And that's right.
1: But to a degree, is there a re like a way or a reason that we should, um, encourage one group over another to help bring them into the field? Cause I, I'd say eight out of 10 portfolios I see are white men. Yeah. And then one and a half is white females. And then the other half. You can't really do
2: anything about that because the numbers of designers of color in the business is low. Mm -hmm. Right. How are you going to do that? I mean, so so
1: as a community, mm, that's part of what I'm asking is how can we help encourage that?
2: I think the only really thing you can really do to to encourage that is by having shows like this and bringing on people of color to talk about these things. Um, Hmm. You know, I know people and people, African-American designers come to me because I am African-American and I'm working at Yahoo or I worked at Pentagram and people find me and, you know, it's like I'm on the internet, you know, in videos and stuff and people find me and they contact me and that's how I find out about designers of color. It's like I've had the same questions that you guys do. It's like, where are they at and how do we get them? and um it's it's a tough thing it's it's hard
3: for me to give a definite answer on mm-hmm. to a problem that as big as that right like it's it's like how do you you know it's like
2: educating someone on you know How not to catch a certain disease to a certain degree, right? (laughs) You know, it's like it is. It's a big problem that takes time, and until we start to look at ways where we can encourage African Americans through mentorship, through the parents, through um, uh, programs like interact. Project Inter- Interact Project. These are all my goals. These are the things mm. that I want for my organization. And I think that we are actually on the track to do that. And,
3: you know, I believe that
2: at the end of the day, there actually are designers of color that are out there. You know, some of them are in San Francisco. Some of them are spread out across the country, but they're out there. Um. But the frustration that they're getting is that, you know, they're not getting considered for these positions. And I don't, I can't speak to that because I never had problems with that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I worked at very big places and I was very fortunate to be working at these big places. And I think that for designers of color or just minorities
3: in general, the more that we
2: have in the business and the more vocal that role models, especially the ones that are doing well in the business are for designers of color or, or other minority designers, then we can start to to close the gap. And it's got to start from guys like myself. I take responsibility for that. You know, I've been in this business for a while and I know that if you are doing well and you're successful, other black designers will see that and want to do it. I mean, you think about, you know, not to go back to the sports analogy, but it's it's just so perfect. You know, it's like, that kids want to be basketball players in NBA because they see them all the time and they look mm-hmm. like them, you know? And if
3: you see somebody looks like you, and
2: they're on TV, they're making money, and they're successful.
1: (laughs) It's perfect for us. I mean, we see super dorky white dudes on TV all the time (laughs) doing tech stuff.
2: Well, that's the thing, right? It's like it's all association, and that that gets back to my point of why it's so important for designers of color that have had success to be role models. And, you know, um, it doesn't, you know, it's a big ask, you know, you know, everybody's busy, you know, I'm busy and, but I try my best to be available, you know, as much as I possibly can to answer questions to help uh, as many designers of color as I possibly can to mentor them and tell them it's going to be all right. And these are some things you need to work on and be honest with them and provide them with connections, you know? So if I know somebody who's looking, I'll be like, you know what? I know, a, I know, a UX designer. I know a, a visual designer right now that's looking for work right now.
0: Of of the kids reaching out to you on LinkedIn, are there is there a common thread of thinking or struggle or question that they're coming to you with? Because right now you have an opportunity to maybe address a common question to hopefully hundreds of. of
2: well, kids. I, I think the the biggest common question that. All minorities say is, where are all the designers of color? That is the biggest question that we ponder, whether we be in art school, whether it be on the job, it's like, where are we at? And I think, you know, going back to my point again, you know, you got to find designers that are, are... Doing things that, and you got to be, I mean, as as a designer, you have to be responsible in making sure that you are doing work that is good enough to get you the job too, right? You got to do your part. You can't expect anyone to hand you out. But I'll tell you this, if I have a designer come to me and their work is good, you know, regardless of race, I'm going to be like, okay, this person is serious. Yeah. And you know I, when I have designers of color that come to me and they're doing good work, man, I'm on it. I'm like, dude, you need to be here. You need to be here. Or if you tried and you can't get it, keep going because somebody's going to hire you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like encouragement and showing that that you know um, that I can do it. You know, when I when I first got done playing basketball in 2000, I came back to the Bay Area from Seattle. And, you know, I, you know, I've been playing basketball for seven years in Europe professionally. And, you know, I was like out of the loop. I was just like, man, I don't know, why am I going to get into design? You know, I spent all these years away and my man Guthrie Dolan, and I hope he hears this, but he was, him and uh, Bill Cahan, Bill Cahan too was there, but those guys, um, Early on when I was done playing basketball, I remember Guthrie was like, dude, your work is good. Keep going. Don't stop. It's just encouragement. And, you know, um, after hearing, you know, uh, uh, no all the time or, you know, being different, because I think um, as designers of color, we, we tend to uh, get lost a little bit in the fact that we are different. Right. You know, it's like you walk in a classroom and you're the only African American or, or, or Hispanic person in the class. You kind of feel a little bit like, wow, you know, I'm, I mean, it's obvious, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. wow.
0: Or you walk into a startup in San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's and 12 white like <laughs> If we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah. That's right.
2: And I think, you know, um, it, it's, it's a part of just, um, Having some sort of uh, connection to someone who looks like you, who's doing similar things, and um, that encouragement is, is, is enough. And you think about it. I was looking at the reports too, and you know, it's like companies like Google and, and, and um, I think Apple may have the highest Apple, I mean, Apple is like you know maybe you know eight percent or something like that. But yeah. Google and Facebook is like two percent. Well,
3: I mean, if you think about it, that kind
2: of goes in line with how many kids of color in design school. And it's kind of yeah. close, you know, mm-hmm. it's like if you take a a national I'm willing to bet if you took a national uh, a survey of designers of color in design schools, it would probably be matching closely to what their percentages are. I bet, or less. Two percent, less than two percent, something like that. I'm willing, to, I'm willing to put money on it. And um, that's, you know, <laughs> that's telling, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, they're not going to schools. Why? Why aren't they going to schools? You know, um, why well, aren't they being exposed? So that comes back to Interact yeah, this, Project. This
0: circles all the way back. And I think Christy was saying the exact same thing is like, this starts at the educational level of, kids right when they're young like knowing that this is actually something that a road they can go down yeah and that comes from having role models
2: yep and that's the reason why it's like we start at middle school we start early because i know like by the time kids get to high school things get different you know it's like you get busy you know you have peer pressure you have friends and you know girls or boys and all these other distractions and, you, you know, you're doing more, you might be more involved in sports. In middle school, you're still kind of starting to figure it out a little bit, you know, still young enough where you're kind of like, well, I'm kind of into this, but I can kind of do this. And that's when we're trying to get them. That's when you get them. That's right. That's <laughs> you grab, him them, grab them and run. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's that's what we've been doing and that's the reason why it's so important for us to start at early age. And then also kids are going on college campuses because, you know, um, we, we have a partnership with Academy of Art University and CCA in Oakland. And, uh, well, actually CCA in San Francisco too. And, you know, when kids are taking our classes, they're going on college campuses and they're looking at design work that students have done. So they're being not only exposed to college but you know this body of work that you know gives him perspective right and so all those things like i said are important they're all a part of the educational experience it's not just learning in classes everything else that's involved with learning and, you know from the socioeconomic side the educational side is obvious the exposure and, and advocacy and, and and getting parents involved it's like all this conglomerate of all these things mixed together and to me that's what I define curriculum and education to be about
0: we've got a lot to do but uh the work you're doing at interact is amazing thank you man appreciate it I think we're running out of time is there any just last things you want to plug of course we're going to link to all of interacts pages on our show notes but anything else you want to plug before we go
2: no I mean I think uh We've, we've talked about a lot of things. I, I just hope that, you know, um, at the end of the day that people will understand that um, our mission, the Interact Project, is a big deal. It's a very big project, and um, it's a long-term project. Um, but the more people we have involved, and the more people that we have that are passionate about making this become a reality and really digging deep in the community and, and really getting education to, to underserved communities and kids uh, of color uh, um, and, and minorities and really sort of supporting that, that effort, um, man, come join us. Um, you can reach us at info at interactproject.org. Um, that's one way of doing it. Or you can just follow us you know and, you know we're on all the you know we're on Twitter and on Facebook um, we have you know events we have studio tours and, and, and we have lectures and um, you know we're gonna be we're actually getting ready to release a new website uh, a new app um, so we're we're doing a bunch of stuff and and the whole objective behind all of this is really about um um finding people with one common interest right you know people that you know believe in our mission and, and understand that it's a need in the community and want to help and uh you know just coming on board and just um getting involved so
0: beautiful well we're gonna put all this information on the show notes if you're listening and want to help out or, or just learn more uh that's design details.fm Thank you again so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me,
2: man. This is great, man. This is great. Have a good
0: time.